What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Joe Delera and Jim Turvey. This is your week two NBA in-season tournament guide. We're going to talk a little bit about what we saw on the first night of the NBA's in-season tournaments. Uh, if you missed them, or if you were recovering from the courts burning your retinas out, we'll go through kind of what the ramifications are, what we saw in those games, how to bet them in general. We'll talk a little bit about the dynamics of uh, where the group odds are at, all those types of things. Don't know if we'll get best bets today, but we are at least going to give you a little bit of pathways and we'll probably find some things that we want to bet in the in-season tournament. I want to let you know that everything we talk about can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. You can find articles. You can find all sorts of cool stuff. You can track Joe Delaire's props and the escalators as he continues to absolutely hammer rebounds. You can catch Jim Turvey. You can catch me. You can catch Brandon Anderson, all sorts of stuff. Check it out in the Action Network app. Also, make sure to check out the YouTube channel for the Action Network, youtube.com slash the Action Network. You get to catch all of our live shows, all of our podcasts. We've got great content. Our Green Dot Daily Show, I'm on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, Talk a big picture. I'm going to be doing like an NBA State of the Union, so I'm excited for that. Uh, lots of cool stuff. Check it out, youtube.com slash the Action Network. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about the in-season tournament. So Friday night, a uh, lot of conversation about it. And if nothing else, the league did manage to make sure everyone knew that these games were different. Uh, I will first, we will deal with the biggest thing, which is the courts. Uh, Joe, <laughs> you have three options. You are pro the new courts, anti the new courts, or pro some of the new courts, but not all of them. Um. I'm going to say pro some of the new courts, but not all of them. I can't tell if I just need a bigger TV or if I was like too like, like what, but my eyes hurt. Maybe I need a new prescription, but I do. I did kind of like some of them. I thought they made the uniforms make some more sense. Uh, Jim Turvey. Yeah, I think I'm with Joe. I, it definitely made you realize you were watching something different, which I think has some value, I guess. (laughs) If you're going to do it, do it right. So I I think there is, uh, you know, so it's like a reminder to both the audience to the players that like, and theoretically this should be something different. And theoretically, you know, hopefully it's something you care maybe even a little bit more about. Um, I am a, a child of the nineties who loves really bright colors. So I, I, it didn't hurt my retinas as much as a few of them. I just didn't think were all that well done. Um, but I, I love, you know, the, I know people hate like the diamondbacks, the teal and the magenta. I, I love it. Give me all the bright colors. Give me Nickelodeon vibes. Uh, maybe not like an NFL Nickelodeon game, but uh, I love those bright colors. I love I love stuff like that in general. So I, I actually, you know, I, I, I kind of liked it. I, I didn't hate it as much as some others did. So I think the consensus is, is that the red is does not work. It's too bright yeah. and it's offensive to people's eyes. And that makes sense just because like, Literally, you're not supposed to paint rooms red because if you do, it makes people angry. Like it literally simulates parts of your brain <laughs> and makes you angry. And so you probably shouldn't do that. Uh, the blues I thought were very good. I like the Indian one a lot. I like that that shade of blue, the peacock blue, as it was called. And I very much I'll tell you, being at the Nuggets game, I really enjoyed the Nuggets color. Like it was actually really cool to see that game. And it was kind of cool. Like I just I'm going to remember that game. It was cool. Um, 
everyone kind of liked the stripe down the middle of nothing else. Maybe that's what they changed for next year is they put the rest of the court fine. And then like, just like the bright court, bright stripe across for the tournament games yeah. into the keys. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me as well. Jokic had an interesting thing, which I asked him about it. And he was like, I actually kind of think that it, it felt like the courts were bigger. And I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there were dead spots. But nothing too bad. They managed to get them. They actually, I saw them got got maintenance. Uh, Denver, they painted the <laughs> they painted them wrong. The three point line was incorrectly painted pregame, and so they had to go get that fixed. Uh, not a great look. But hey, everyone's ironing out stuff, and it was okay. I bet the unders being like, "Ooh, all these bright colors are going to be disoriented." That was not a good idea. Uh, overs <laughs> went five and two on the night. Favorites went four and three straight up, but just one and six against the spread. That's fascinating to me that on a full day's rest, nobody was on a back to back. Only the Knicks were three and four. No. <laughs> typically what we, sorry, Joe, is that, that typically <laughs> what we see is if you cover as a dog, you win 62% of the time straight up. That's the total mark in the NBA since 2003. And it holds steady since 2018, but this was the exception. And what does that kind of tell us? Which is to me, it's an indication of, I think the competition level was a little bit higher. Like I, I think they actually kind of try to win these games for whatever reason, which I think is really interesting. Um, the overs going five and two. One thing that I, I asked before I got sucked into the court thing was I was like, hey, third tiebreaker is how many points you score. Now, I don't think that these teams are like really thinking about it, but I just think it's interesting that for whatever reason, and, and Jim, I'll start with you. Look, it's seven games. Maybe all the games on Friday go under. But I just thought it was interesting that we have all of these games go over five and two to the over there um, and that dogs competed a little bit more just in a losing effort. I thought that those dynamics being a little bit different from NBA trends overall was interesting given it was a different environment. Yeah, I think well, I think it's also interesting because I tend to like my prior is that a more competitive game, I'm going to look a little bit towards an under as well, you know, mm-hmm. a game seven, like you want to talk about the most extreme and versus, you know, on the other end, the all star game, right? And it when there's less effort, I think more points when there's more effort, I tend to think fewer points. So it's also interesting that I, I kind of agree with your theory. I do think that the teams were trying, you know, maybe it's 5% more, maybe it's, you know, not not really notable, but any any little edge could be key, but then we got these overs. So I, I'm with you in wanting to see another week or two, or you know, it's in all likelihood we probably just need to see the year. But that's not fun for betters, right? We don't want to wait out a whole year. So let's let's try to at least use our eyes and see see some things. And I, I do think that there was a solid level of competition. Um, I was I was hook line and sinker on your your theory on on the courts and like a shooting eye. That's something I I do genuinely believe in. So I. I I don't I haven't seen enough to maybe go off of the under train, probably just enough to not play it for this Friday, but kind of keep an eye. You know, if we go two and five to under next time, then it's like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe there is something here, but they might get more used to the courts. I, for me, it's a whole lot of really interesting talking points with not a whole lot of actionable items out of that. But the one thing uh, betting wise, I did notice, I, I definitely wanted to touch on is, and I think, I think it's fair, but I, the books have, reacted very strongly to one win or one loss and that's because mm-hmm. there's only four games right but you can now i mean in in future reference i think we we knew it was coming anyways but mm-hmm. i think joe you really were able to highlight this before but if you that first matchup is going to be really key because if you get a team 
who's a long shot, but at a winnable game in their first game, you're going to be able to leverage that really well. And then the inverse, if we get a team that we like, but they have a, a tough loss and maybe, you know, we, we don't think we don't want to write them off entirely. I'm looking at the Mavericks at plus 900 to win that group right now. You know, Jamal Murray uh, just went out for an injury. The Clippers are the Clippers. You know, we've talked about them, if they're going to be able to work in everyone right away. The Pelicans are always, you know, injury prone. And you've got the Rockets at plus 900. They played the Nuggets pretty decently. I'm not willing to write them off entirely just off of one road loss in Denver. I think that the books are really, you know, because it's a four game total, like they have to kind of react strongly. But I, I think there's maybe some longer numbers there after one game or in the inverse, looking ahead towards this Friday saying, hey, who's got a winnable matchup at a long number who we can then use as an instant leverage chip? Because there's only so many games we really got to kind of use that to our advantage. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting. One of the things I keep thinking about is the wild cards. That's what I keep yeah, coming back to. That's true. Where yeah. the Mavericks are now forty to one to win the in season tournament. When, despite losing to Denver, I think it's very possible that they wind up securing uh, a wild card spot. Yeah, and the Mavericks with yeah. a wild card spot. I return back to again. We'll see. You know, Luca, Luca's health, yeah. etc. But yeah. can the Mavericks win three games in five days? Yes, they can. Like that's all I'm really looking for is can you win three games in five days? If they make it into the wild card, they can do that because it's once it's like that's the whole value of this being a one and a, a single elimination tournament versus all of these the playoff series when it's like sure you can get a game but are you going to be in four times? This is just like nope, Luca went nuts, had fifty points, you're out. That's yeah, that's as simple as it goes. Yeah. Um, Joe, the big swing games, uh, Denver over Dallas was a big swing game. Yeah, uh, Bucks over the Knicks. Uh, the Warriors in what I thought was a bullshit game over the Thunder. The boy, the calls in that were frustrating. Um, but you are not overreacting to just as Jim mentioned, the books have. You're not overreacting to the next loss to the Bucks. No, not really, because in part, I I felt like there were New York had some opportunities to win. Right, like they they probably played. I think there were a couple missed calls late in the game, but like that's not even really the point. But I think they played Milwaukee good. Um, obviously Jalen Brunson was incredible, but, um, that group is terrible. I think like, I don't like I'm very low on Miami. Um, obviously the, the wizards are not very good. Um, and then Milwaukee has been so like, not, they just haven't looked great on the season. And then obviously Mm -hmm. like the wizards aren't good. The Hornets, I don't think are very good either. So the Knicks, you're getting a longer number than the Hornets right now to win the group. And I think any of those teams just like because of the way like their offenses are like especially like the Wizards and the Hornets more so than anybody, I guess, because Miami just they their offense is like non-existent besides Tyler Hero. Um, but they like I think one of those teams could maybe beat Milwaukee if they just get hot from three or something. And then all of a sudden you're in this like really weird scenario where, you know, maybe you have all these teams that are like you have a couple teams that are like three and one or you know or or whatever like or two and two or whatever the circumstances i think at plus 950 it's a little bit long considering the three matchups that the knicks have left are charlotte washington and miami and like they could easily go three and one there and just hope somebody beats milwaukee you know out of one of those remaining games but obviously milwaukee should win i'm just saying i think plus 950 is a little long considering i think new york would be favored in their well they probably won't be favored against miami even though they should be but um the other two games they should be favored that's funny because i get the other way where i i i get to wait wait okay so the knicks are already a game behind and the heat are already a game up and the heat are gonna get the i think the heat get the bucks at home so they do if 
it would be very box to lose that game. No, and that's, what, that's kind of what I'm getting at, though, because like the Knicks still would have to play like if Miami takes care of Milwaukee, but then the Knicks beat Miami because like I think that like just the way that the nature of this tournament is, you know, like and you get to play, you get those other games against the Hornets and the Wizards, which the Knicks like what they do do is they beat like those bad teams. Like that's generally what they do. They beat the bad teams. Right. So I'm not really worried about those two. Um, but like Milwaukee, we've seen like just lose some stinkers because they just want to play drop like because it's the regular season and that's the way that they treat it. They don't do anything special defensively. And then like I could see like a Washington or a Charlotte just winning a game that they absolutely shouldn't win. And then, you know, Miami kind of always plays them tough. So that's that's kind of where I'm coming at with the plus 950. I think it's just like a touch long when, you know, Milwaukee just I think that they still have some issues this early in the season. I'll be really curious to see um, the Nuggets are minus 125 to win Group B, which is the toughest one. It's Pelicans, Clippers, Mavericks, Rockets. Clippers got, I think, the worst lie of the schedule on that. Clippers are at Mavericks and they're at Nuggets. They get Rockets and Pels at home. So they go up against the two toughest teams in this if it's not the Clippers. The other two really tough. If you say like the three top top teams, it's Clippers, um, Mavericks, and Nuggets. The Clippers have to go on the road to two of those, and that's that's just really tough. Otherwise, I think I'd probably be betting Clippers right now um, yeah. based off of what happened. Not Look, I think Denver looks incredible. Jamal Murray is going to miss some time with his hamstring. I just Part of me does kind of wonder, like, I just don't know that Denver wants to be, like, traveling to Vegas and doing this whole thing. Like, but the problem with Denver is I don't think that they can help it. I don't think Denver is like, we're going to win this in-season tournament. They're just like, we're going to beat anybody in front of us. Like, we're just yeah. going to beat anybody, in front, especially if we're at home. And they're going to have the semifinal games or the quarterfinals at home if they win the group. Um, so, yeah. so, yeah, Jim, I just I, I think it's that group is has so many teams that we like. Like, I like the Clippers. I like the Pelicans. I like the Mavericks. And Denver may just be like, we don't really care, but we're better than you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's it's if you're if you're doing it, it's definitely just a, you know, Denver is a odds on favorite right now. And. Mavericks are nine to one and, and you're you're holding your nose and saying, you know, I there's a little bit of value just on like a slight overreaction off of that first game and, and Dallas haven't gotten their toughest game out of the way. Joe, you mentioned that no one's played like the rotations aren't changing, which is makes sense yeah. to me. Um where I got to on the group stage games is that you won't see any changes in rotation until you reach semifinals. Yeah. And even semifinals, it's like the best way I can kind of think to phrase this is you want your star players to play about 32 minutes. That's ideal. It's like they play 32, they win all their minutes and you can like, theoretically you want them to play like 20 and they just kill everyone and you rest them. But like normal game, yeah. 32 minutes for starters, 16 minutes for bench. Right. I think that if we get to the semifinal game, maybe that goes to 35, 36. Like that's that's yeah. the only real kind of difference that I can see. Other than that, like I do think that for props, I think that these are going to be like just any other NBA uh, rotation night until we, uh, unless we start to see an overtrend, in which case we obviously we got more scoring. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things, right? Like when I was looking at the Friday games, the only player that played over forty minutes, at least from my look, was Jalen Brunson, which is just so Knicks right um but like he was also just absolutely cooking so I think like it made sense that he played that many minutes just because he was so so good um I think that 
especially right now, it's notable that like all the guys are playing, right? And we've kind of talked about this on previous episodes. I know you talked about this with Andrew and it was like the the players are playing. So I think like when you look at these games, you don't want to cap it and say like, all right, well, like it's a back to back. Like, or like I know Boston has one coming up this Friday, Saturday and the tournament game is Friday, right? So I think when you look at it based on kind of what, you know, has been said like from around the leagues, like play your guys, like it's important. Um, I could, I think that you're much more likely to see everybody playing in the tournament games than maybe sitting on like the back end of the back to back or whatever the other game is. Right. Um, so I think that that's notable, especially when you're looking at props, it's like uh, some of these games, especially like, let's talk about the Clippers, for example, right? Like the Clippers have notoriously rested Kawhi, Paul George, maybe even Harden now. Right. Um, they're a team that I would look at and be like, normally if there's a back to back and be like, I wonder if they're going to sit them this game, that game, whatever. I think now you can be a little bit more confident in saying like, no, like they're probably going to play this game and taking advantage of like what the prop lines are like at the tip or like at the post and say like, these are probably right. Like these are about accurate. I don't think you have to wait as long sometimes for some of these injury like news and def- and I wouldn't be anticipating people being ruled out due to rest, um, at least in these tournament games for now anyway. And I think maybe like you kind of mentioned as the games go on and as we get closer to like elimination play maybe that's when we'll see some guys see like slight upticks in minutes but i do think that it might come down to like a player thing too or you know if the team is in it and the coach and the organization has a conversation it's like you guys want to go for it like do you guys want to play an extra couple minutes um because we can change our rotations that way but i don't think they're going to be doing anything like scheme wise that's super different but maybe they'll add a like add a couple minutes for these guys uh you know when it gets competitive Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Fresh off yesterday's episode where Jim Turvey said that we should sprinkle on Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to win the full season MVP. <laughs> Listen, from the you podcast said that, that brought, and I joined. <laughs> from the podcast that brought you that, uh, how about this? How about Paul George, tournament MVP 48 to 1? Wouldn't it be a very Paul George thing to win this thing? Like, wouldn't that be, that just like adds to the Paul George arc well like and what i really like about that is i it goes along with kind of a a a broader theory that i have brought to to the tournament mvp is you know a second fiddle on a team that we really like so you know i i think maybe my favorite is christoph porzingis yeah he's not second fiddle maybe he's more third or fourth but uh, these lower players because it's only going to be uh what seven game sample and let's be honest they're they're really going to be focusing on those those final three games Anyone can, it's not a seven game series, not the full playoffs, looking for a little bit of chaos on a team that we think will do well. Um, You know, Tyrese Maxey's out there, really long numbers. So some of those teams that we really like, Jamal Murray, now he just got hurt, so maybe he's not going to be putting up enough stats to grab that. But the the theory of the second player on a team that we really like, uh, I do think is is one that that holds value, um, at least from how I'm reading, um, you know, the, the small sample size of it, but also that we do think that come the end of this tournament, it is going to be one of the big dogs that that takes it team-wise. For the uh, big games on Friday, Clippers face the Mavericks. That's obviously a huge one. Um, so I'm like, 
help me out here. Um, if I like the Paul George bet, do I wait because if the Clippers lose that game, that val- the value is really low because the Clippers also have to go to Denver? Um, or do I bet it now because the number probably drops after if the Clippers do in fact beat the Mavericks on Friday? Like this is the the buy low versus these kind of spots. Like I, I think don't know I'd rather if it would know drop that play. much. I think yeah, you should play I think it. you should wait. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I think you should, I think you should play it. I think you should play it okay, because why? if Dallas if if the Clippers beat Dallas, Dallas is out. I think so. Luca yeah. immediately comes out of the odds. Um, I think you have to play it's it now. Fun. Whereas if they don't lose, or if they do lose, they still are tied at least in the loss column with Dallas. So, like worst case scenario, they're like you know they they have the O one spot, but like and they have to beat they really have to beat Denver, which sucks. But um, you know if you have a statement win over Denver and Paul George looks awesome then like I think that's fine too. I think you have to bet it sooner because of the fact that Dallas is 0-1 already. Um, because if they're out, like if they lose, then the Luka, that whole team is really like kind of out of the scenario, I think. I do like that I, I loved the uh I loved a couple bets in this for tournament MVP, which were Luca and Shea, and they could both be dead by Friday. That's right. And Shay didn't Shea didn't play. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't even play. Shea's out. Shea's not playing. Um, out. the other one, Lakers Suns, I think is kind of interesting. I mean, look, Lakers in general, the, this is not a in-season tournament thing. This is just like Lakers need, need a good win. Um, we're recording this on Sunday night. They lost to the magic. They face the heat tomorrow. Uh, Lakers are in a bit of a, a little bit of a spiral and the Suns are starting to teeter a little bit too. They're early, good, kind of good start without, uh, book and be able to start to take, T- take a little bit off of them. So that's a fairly desperation spot. Not uh, too early for that. It's, it's um whoever loses that game is going to have a bad narrative early season surrounding them. That's the best way I can put it. Like long season, they can get out of it. But um, that one's pretty interesting, I think, just from a, yeah, a more the, of an NBA perspective. The Lakers actually, the Lakers group odds were one other bet that I was potentially looking at in part because I think that, um, you know, they, they've played by far the hardest schedule so far. So I, I was actually down on the Lakers a little bit before this season. Um, and I, I've actually been impressed with it. I actually think they haven't been terrible. They, you know, the biggest thing with them is I, as long as they're two big stars are around and, and playing most nights, yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with riding with the Lakers. I don't think that's going to last. But if you're looking at this from a short term outlook, I think that they're better than the Suns right now. So I think that the odds oh, yeah. for, for that group should be, should be flipped, to be honest. Oh. And, and, Let's talk about that. Uh, Suns yeah. plus one ten, Lakers plus two fifty, Blazers plus six fifty, Jazz plus seven hundred, Grizzlies plus nine hundred. Uh, that's right. The Blazers have a better chance to win than the Memphis Grizzlies. Good God, what Boy. happened to my poor After team? After that win, um, so yeah, that's the thing, right? What did see? That's like the nightmare scenario. Is if like the Blazers make it out of this group and the NBA is oh. like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at all these teams because I do think it's a very vulnerable group and I really, I couldn't get there on the Blazers or the jazz. They're just not good teams. And like, it is a four game sample, but like, I I really think the Lakers are a pretty solid team um, who has all of their pieces. They do have a few players out right now, but the two, the two key pieces in the cog are, are there right now and, and they're playing decently. They've just had a really hard schedule to be honest, this group play is going to be easier than the the games they've had to start this season. So I, I think that the Suns should not be about odd on, odds on favorites. I don't, I don't see that any world no. in which that should be the case. And I can't really get to any of those longer numbers. Um, I tried to talk my, I really tried to talk myself into the Jazz, but 
they really have not been good. They, they and they struggle no. against teams that are even halfway decent. So I, I think yeah. that Lakers two fifty is actually uh, a pretty decent look. I think that you're right, uh, Jim and Matt, really. Like the way you should bet it, it, especially because their hardest game is first, like in theory, you should be betting them to win the group um, along with any like money line bets that you have on the game. One one spot that I know that's standing out to me right now um, is Tatum to win the tournament MVP is 13 to 1 out there. Um, which I think is way out of line compared to what Boston's odds are to win. Boston's odds to win are eight to one. Like I don't see a scenario where Tatum doesn't really win. Like I know that we've like had the Jalen Brown thing, like where we thought he was going to win in the Eastern Conference Finals the other year, but like Tatum is so good, and like I think that like in order for them to win in that type of scenario, you probably need Tatum to go off. And I think that like the odds are out of whack enough with where. Boston's odds are at 13 to one. I think it's definitely worth, I think it's definitely worth a bite uh, on a way to get probably like at least the top two team in the NBA right now. Hey, one thing I just thought of really quick, Uh, you can't, I couldn't even try it yet. So I don't know if anyone tried this before the last one. Can you part, you can't, you probably can't parlay Lakers to win the group and like Lakers to win on Friday. Right. Cause that's an interesting way. Yeah. They, yeah. I, did, I figured you couldn't, no. it was too correlated, but uh, okay. never mind. <laughs> Back to you, Matt. <laughs> yeah. You can uh, parlay the winners, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, the last one I kind of want to talk about is the wolves who are in a group. They're plus four fifty. warriors are minus one Oh five. That's an absurd number. I think given that they barely yeah. got past OKC Kings plus two seventy five, So the Kings are shorter uh, Spurs plus 900 thunder, at 14 to one after losing that game. Look, if Shea's not going to be not going to play, then that's one team. One of those good teams is now out of that. Um, the Kings, I think are good, but I think the Wolves are better. So that, that line yeah. is inherently off to me at plus four fifty. Um, I like them before I have a bet on them already, but I still think, I think the Wolves are a really good bet there where I can't really put my finger on it. Um, I think the Warriors are good. I'm, I'm not sure that they are elite tier. And if they're not elite tier, that opens the door for a Wolves to sneak this out, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the Kings play OKC on Friday. So, like, that's kind of one of those games, like, one of them could be out. Or they both could kind of be out. So uh, I think that your I think that your inclination is right, and like Memphis is, or not Memphis rather uh, Minnesota is good. Like they have a lot of like elite talent. I think they have a lot of things they can do to like match up in like any particular one on, like one on game. Now the problem might be that they don't play the Thunder until the twenty eighth at home, and mm. so if Shea is out on Friday, they lose. They can't win the tournament, but Shea comes back and they beat the Wolves. Like. That's a very likely scenario because, like, okay, see, so we'll genuinely look at it as like this might be a pl- a tiebreaker yeah. for playoffs. So, I, yeah, I mean, Rudy Gobert is going to have twenty five rebounds in that game. I will tell you that right now. Like, like, <laughs> it's going to happen. And Joe, and Joe will bet for him to have twenty five <laughs> rebounds in that game. He will he will find all the escalators, and you can find that in the Action Network app. All right, this got to wrap it up for our discussion of the in season tournament. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. My thanks to Joe Delera and Jim Turvey. They'll be back with me next Monday for best bets and weekend recap and futures. You can catch them meanwhile on the Action Network app and all over actionnetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time. Till then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.